0: Find
3: a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Hey,
0: welcome back, guys. Another episode of Fistful of Callers. Today, we have got a very, very busy day going to be talking about a ton of stuff the IBJJF heavyweight grand prix ADCC implications rankings upcoming events uh and a lot of a lot of other stuff including some major major names ahead of ADCC We've got some great content coming out but let's dive in because we got a big show today we got a lot of stuff to discuss Chase and Mike here in the studio with myself Howell and I think the first point of order we should really talk about the IBJJF mm-hmm. Heavyweight Nogi Grand Prix. And we've talked about it a lot, right? But Uncle Cyborg, king of the day, man. <laughs> still out Cyborg. there. Still out there. I, I love, love that performance. That. He's the one who coined that name, by the way, right? <laughs> I interviewed him just as he uh was holding there his, his forty thousand dollar, you know, oversized check. And he's like, Yeah, Uncle Cyborg, coming to show the young guys still got it. It's amazing performance, right, Mike?
4: Yeah, amazing. It was uh it was really interesting seeing you know, ahead of ADCC, how it was an IBJJF tournament, but guys were sort of going out there with an ADCC game plan. I believe Pans and Trator were the only people who jumped guard the entire tournament. There was a lot of wrestling, which you don't usually see IBJJF nogi. So it was a nice little preview for ADCC there.
0: Yeah, we actually we've got a uh, a really really cool highlight from the heavyweight nogi grand prix that we can play. Kind of as we're talking about it, um, let's uh, we'll get, roll that in the background. But going back to Cyborg one second, I want to you know we talked about this a number of times this past week, but it's worth mentioning again and again that Cyborg is 39 this year. Mm. He's 39. That put him a full 10 years older than the next guy, which is Lewis Panzer, who is 29. So he's going in there. He's 12 years older at the minimum than two of his opponents, Joao Gabriel and Lucas Hulk, both 27. And Victor Hugo's only 22. Wow. And yet Cyborg, the veteran you know, goes in there and he he wipes the floor with these guys yeah, yeah
3: I thought that uh, the most impressive moment of that entire tournament was really when when the tide turned in the Lucas Hulk match with Cyborg you know Cyborg was down by four points uh, didn't get discouraged and, and managed to come back he started stopping Lucas single leg that had worked earlier in the match and you can see Lucas start to get a little bit discouraged got to get a little tired a little bit tired and Cyborg slowly ramped up the pace uh, got it got some takedown points up via penalty and you can just see the whole momentum and tempo of that match change. It was such like a inspiring thing to see
0: because he was down. He was down, but it did not break him. Yeah, we, like I said, we got the highlight playing here so you can kind of see a little bit of the action. Um, kind of, we, There's a little bit of each match in there, actually. Let's talk about these uh, real quick. What were the standout matches for you guys?
3: Well, besides uh, what I just talked about, Mike, uh, anything jump out to you?
4: Uh, Hulk and his uh, matchup with Spriggs looked really good. I mean, he... I mean, that might have even played into him wearing himself out against Cyborg because he went hard against Spriggs, scored 12 points against Spriggs. And uh, his single legs looked good. I thought I thought Hulk looked good going into ADCC. And uh, obviously the Hulk-Cyborg match. But, yeah, those would be the two that stand out to me the most.
3: I really wish I could have seen Patrick Gaudio go a bit further. It seemed like he was also picking up steam in that first round. Mm. Uh, but Joao's a tough guy to beat.
0: Obviously, he made the final. Man, that's a good observation, actually, because um, Gaudio had... <laughs> Possibly the toughest first round match of them all, I would say. Oh, right? Yeah. You know, Gaudio is registered. He's going to be in the under 99 division, uh, ADCC, and he's going up against, um, you know, ADCC silver medalist, uh, Joao Gabriel, who was by far the biggest man in the bracket. I think he's walking around. He's probably 250 ish, something like that. He's a big, big dude. And, um, you know, Gaudio had his hands full, right? But as you said, like the, the first kind of portion of the match, he seemed very. Defensive. I think he was counter-attacking a little bit too much. Um, but when he started pushing the pace a little bit towards the end of the match, like you say, picking up steam, the momentum starting to go in his favor, maybe he's already thinking about those longer ADCC rounds, right?
4: Yeah, I think Galgio, yeah, that's, he turned it on too late, basically. But an ADCC match can go longer than that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to move Galgio, too. I mean, it's so hard to move Joao Gabriel. so big, so much bigger than Galgio. But, yeah, I think... Uh, Joao Gabriel took the first half. Gaudio probably took the second half, but probably too little too late in the eyes of the judges for I believe split ref ref's decision.
0: It was a ref's decision, yeah. Well, yeah.
4: It yeah. was
3: ref's decision. I, I do believe it was unanimous. It was unanimous so
4: nah, But I, I think it really
3: speaks to Joao's effective counter wrestling sending that um oh, really sprawl. Yeah, the sprawl the which the wizard too the, the wizard. The sprawl throw and the wizard and, it, and yeah. the wizard kick, that' sort yeah. of like a Uchi style takedown that he, he throws as a counter. But what I was getting to was Joao kind of I don't know if he was risking it for the biscuit, as they say, but in his final versus Cyborg, he sprawled and he had all of his weight on top of Cyborg's head. Then he sat back for the for the guillotine or the, the headlock, trying to get a sweep. It was a really risky move, and it put Cyborg in a great place. I thought that was kind of interesting. What, what were you guys' take on that?
4: I think maybe he's thinking try and get that you know a zero zero. There was no clear winner at that point. Maybe could try and get an advantage out of that guillotine and win forty grand. I mean, a lot of money on the line. And if it went to a ref decision before that guillotine happened. I don't know who's going to take it, but obviously ended up in a bad spot off the guillotine and. Cyborg cleared.
0: really started yeah. like bulldozing over that guard as well mm-hmm. right kind of looked like he was close to passing once he's or twice very close, he's yeah. got that nice uh, kind of um, double over sort of the style of passing style passes, yeah, yeah but body locking the thigh smashing the knees together mm-hmm. and then he runs one way and he jumps over to the other side and he kind of switched directions a couple times on Joao Gabriel and you know if, if Joao Jean, Jean, Gabriel's frames weren't as long as they are <laughs> yeah. then you know he might not have been able to yeah. hold him off but he kind of was able to keep Cyborg at distance and just about maintain his guard but I mean, we saw the guard passing as well. I have to say that one of the standout matches for me was Cyborg versus Victor Hugo, mm, Yeah, right? yeah. Because the guard passing in that match, now it's crazy because Cyborg scored five advantages in that match. And yet, man, I think that was kind of tough. There were a couple of moments in there where I was like, give the man his points, I come on. Th- I
4: thought he had three at one point for sure. He had him flattened out, but maybe it was just two and a half seconds. I don't know, he was, he was pretty close there. It was a long two and <laughs> a half seconds.
0: It was like one, two, two and a half, Two three quarters, mm-hmm. <laughs> three. Well,
4: yeah. reps call it different. A lot of times, you get them just stuck flat on their back like that. They just sort of give it out quick. But yeah, they give Victor Hugo a little time. I mean, time.
3: I wasn't upset though because it made Cyborg keep pushing the pace. He was moving in that match. I, I know uh, in-, in the video we put out recently, Cyborg said he was kind of warming up, but. That's a that's a fast-paced warm-up, man. He was he was really going after those passes, and I was equally impressed. I have to say, with Victor Hugo's retention and ability to to not quite get scored on by someone like Cyborg. Cyborg is way bigger than Victor Hugo, super aggressive and intimidating dude. And um, he managed sort of ex- very experienced. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's an understatement of the day. But for Victor to to remain calm, collected, and weather those storms to. Go zero zero and just have advantages scored on him. I think is a real testament to to his talent.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. About the about the uh, implications for ADCC coming out of this tournament. Um, there are a few things for me which uh, which really stood out. Number one, I have to say, is that Cyborg cannot be counted out. Mm. Okay, um, this guy was an absolute champion in twenty thirteen. Came back, had the super fight against Andre Galvao in twenty fifteen. Uh, took third place in twenty seventeen, and now. Taking out like a couple of the kind of the big names that, that everybody was excited to see going into this year's ADCC, you kind of think, "Wow, Cyborg's still a contender, huh?"
4: Absolutely. I mean, Joao Gabriel has to be considered one of the contenders in that division. I mean, Cyborg. I mean, very close match, but Cyborg beat him. Victor Hugo also is going to be in that bracket, and he took him out. And yeah, I think it would have been easy to write Cyborg off just because he's getting up there in age, and it's been two. He took third last time. But it's been two years since then. He's thirty-nine. is a big difference, you know, when you're you're a high-level athlete. So he goes out there and fights his way through this tournament. He's got to be considered one of the contenders at over 99.
3: More than that, uh, Yuri Samoyes was supposed to be in this heavyweight GP, also in the plus 99 and pulled out due to injury. He in my book was if, if he's fully healthy you know one of the absolute favors for that division but now his status is questionable mm. cyborgs looking better than ever so I think that was a that was a big shakeup for that division and I agree cyborgs on my short list of guys to hit the podium for sure
0: yeah I, I just you can't I can't stress it enough you cannot count this man out and <laughs> we uh, we're gonna be there next week. So long as the hurricane doesn't uh, oh, yeah. doesn't uh, impact our travel plans too much, everyone we, stay uh, safe out there in, in Florida. Next yeah, because uh, next week they're saying that Hurricane Dorian uh, apparently is going to uh, going to hit Miami, and apparently it's the worst hurricane in thirty years. So uh, fingers crossed, because uh, Ryan and Reed are actually scheduled to fly to Miami next week to go film at the Fight Sports ADCC training camp. So let's hope that that does happen, but just a quick word about that the ADCC training camp down there have you seen it it's freaking insane if you have Adolfo has, has
3: recently jumped in that's well, let's, let's,
0: let's rattle off some names. Number one, you've got Cyborg, and then you've got somebody at every single division. They've got Tom Halpin at 66, Wagner at 77, Durinho at 88. Gaudio is there training. He's at under 99. Cyborg himself is at over 99. Rodolfo's been training there. You've got his sister, Anna Carolina Vieira, who's also qualified for over, or invited to over 60. Muhammad Ali has just shown up to train there as well. He's in the over 99 kilogram division as well. It's like, that's a lot of talent. But... Vice Sports actually has a reputation of putting together these amazing ADCC training camps because back in 2015, right around the time that he was preparing for his um, his super fight with Galvao, in that room you had Rodolfo, you had Joao Gabriel, you had Abraham Mate, you had like a I think he was a brown belt, Gutenberg Pereira, you had like a, a ton of really really good names training in there as well. So um, you know, cyborgs. Are, He's got the benefit of training with some of the best guys in the world.
3: I mean, it's pretty crazy. you got guys from TLI, from GF Team, uh, all in the same room training for one single cause. It's pretty cool. I would say it's very unique in in the world of Jiu-Jitsu.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, first off, if Ryan and Reed are there during a hurricane, it might be the best vlog yet. We might get... Might get an action-packed vlog, but <laughs> I, uh, I w- I'm wondering, uh, even though they're not on the same team, I wonder if any gym has that many people doing ADCC competing. Maybe Atos, but they've got. I, I'm thinking Fight Sports probably has the most ADCC competitors in that training camp.
0: Yeah, if they got one in every division, yeah, I would say so. And, and not forgetting as well that there's a bunch of other guys kind of on the periphery. So, example, like Baby Monster, Valdir mm-hmm. Araujo. He took second at the ADCC Trials in Brazil, so he's there training. Maggie Grindati, she took second at the ADCC Trials West Coast here in the States, so she's also their training so there's a bunch of other guys who they potentially if anybody drops out they could actually get a call as like an alternate as well right mm, absolutely great point strong matt hoping that comes together but um any other implications for adcc out of that out of that uh tournament last weekend
3: man i think we gotta talk about hulk a little bit um because he looks so phenomenal in the first match you know and Tim briggs uh he just rolled over to him, Really, I really i was shocked at that but I think he has to be working on some things on his cardio. Um, you know, matches at ADCC, if he makes the final, could go up to 40 minutes. And he was he was looking pretty tired by six minutes on his second match. So that's a, that's a warning sign, I think.
0: Yeah, that is a red flag, 100%. Like, you know, if he was 15 minutes of, uh, of action deep into what was just three 10-minute rounds and he was fading that hard, then, yeah, that is a big question. Now, a lot of the time, guys will... They'll periodize their training camp, right? Yeah, that's true.
4: Mm-hmm. He might be peaking for ADCC, yeah.
0: right? Maybe he's just not there yet, you yeah. know. Like so, there's there's a big question mark. But is it enough time for it? Is it enough time for him to take the lessons from that and to apply it so he hits ADCC in peak shape? What do you think?
4: Another thing I think might be playing into him getting tired there is he's wrestling Cyborg in that second match. He's going to be a weight class up from him there? Cyborg's a, a big dude, strong dude. You got to wrestle with him, try and hold him down. It's going to wear you out. And uh, also something we haven't mentioned, I think, about this tournament. Victor Hugo, uh, something really impressive about him is he wasn't even there to do the tournament. He was, yeah, was showing He was showing up to compete in the Las Vegas Open. And then in next the thing, gi. Yeah, in the <laughs> gi. And next thing you know, nope, you got Cyborg first round in the Grand Prix. And looked pretty so, good. Yeah, yeah, it looked, it looked, it looked, looked pretty great. good. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, actually, it was kind of shades of Cyborg himself, right? He had, like, the nice little tornado guard action from bottom. Yeah, I, I that was him. pretty cool, he was cool, trying right? to hit Cyborg like his that. own move. That was an yeah. yeah. <laughs> epic. That would have <laughs> been really cool. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned it right there another uh, an, another kind of implication for ADCC but personally about Victor Hugo I know that he was like a late minute last minute replacement I'm wondering if that is a, a sign that maybe ADCC is a bit too soon for him he's only 22 he doesn't have that much nogi experience compared to these other guys, right? True, true.
3: I mean, I think uh, he's coming from a Gi background. He told me uh, he was on the episode of Chasing Greatness a couple weeks ago, and that he's just starting to learn some heel hooks, get more comfortable with that stuff. So clearly he's not a, a front runner for the division, but I think it's it's he's super young. He just got his black belt, and it's an incredible opportunity to to get those minutes on the match at ADCC and set him up for maybe a following championship to, to really perform well. Um, he's already beaten uh, some high-level guys like Ricardo Evangelista at black belt. So in, the gi. in the gi in the yeah. gi so I think um, just getting more experience getting out there it really puts them in a, in a great place for the upcoming tournaments
0: I gotta say you mentioned red flag there with Hulk and the cardio in the semi-final uh, another red flag for me is that Tim's Tim Spriggs first match against Hulk um, Tim looked amazing at the North American Trials in yeah. November last year but November is a long long time ago and he hasn't really competed that much since you know a handful of matches here and there and kind of you know he was the Nogi World Champion in December last year uh, but since then this, in 2019 I'm talking hasn't been as active mm. and um, the red flag for me is is Tim preparing for ADCC in an adequate manner because I'm wondering who he's training with if Muhammad is going to be in fight sports who does that leave him to train with you know you got DJ Jackson who's another TLI guy who's uh, who's ADCC but uh, you know dj's a weight class or two they're down from from tim right mm-hmm. tim's in under 99 and um i don't know if tim is struggling that much against somebody like hulk who's in his same division by the way these guys could you know theoretically meet at adcc then uh it doesn't bode well
3: right yeah you gotta wonder um it's pretty rare to see that level uh, or that amount of of points put on the board at a, uh, elite level like that, we'll call it what it,
0: it is. It was a shutout.
3: Yeah, it was a shutout, kind of a blowout. You got to wonder if he's a little bit injured or something wasn't quite right. Maybe his travel's off. Like it's not very unusual for for two high level competitors to have that much of a disparity in the score. So that, that's where my mind went was like something wasn't quite right. I, I don't know. I'm putting a lot out there. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into the situation. Could have had a bad day, bad breakfast or something. But <laughs> um, clearly something didn't look right.
4: Yeah, it got mounted. I mean, how often do you see that at high level black belt competition? It's not very yeah. common. And, Especially uh, in Nogi. Yeah, Nogi. Like, like you said, I mean, they might have to fight in a month. So, I mean, back to the drawing board. you got to try and figure out how he's going to beat Hulk if he comes across him at ADCC.
0: What do you sure. think about Joao
3: Gabriel? Man, Joao Gabriel finds his way to the final every time yeah. and um, has a hard time finishing on top. You know, I, I think uh, wh- whatever dog he's got to find, whatever the, the why he needs to, to search for, he's got to create that before ADCC because I feel like, I don't know if the pressure gets to him or what, but he just... Doesn't seem to to get get it when he needs to in the final.
4: I'd like to see more offense out of him. He's a great counter wrestler. He throws guys with that wizard. He sprawls on guys. But I mean, I'd like to see him push the pace a little more. Because I mean, what he went the ref's decision with Gaudio, went the ref's decision with Cyborg. Uh, the Trator match was advantage. advantages, yeah. so there wasn't much scoring out of him think in this tournament. The last minute advantage as well, right? Well,
0: actually, I gotta say though, I think the tra- tour, the score doesn't really reflect the match yeah, quite yeah. so well because, like Trator actually did a really really good job of of not getting scored on and and like that is a big big man to be passing your guard and yeah. like Trattor was really really good at this is Vinicius Ferreira of course he was really really good at being able to get to his knees and to avoid those pass points but but yeah pretty crazy so but um ADCC implications are obviously they're, they're you know they're, they're right there for the heavyweight grand prix it was a it was a tune up for those guys it was something of a warm up but at the same time it was an excellent preview for us as well as to what to expect right and um I don't know, can only stoke the fire of the my anticipation for ADCC. <laughs> I, I think we all said it at the tournament, like, man, that was a great appetizer. Like,
3: I cannot wait for ADCC. Seeing these guys pretty fired up and, and looking in a phenomenal shape, um, it was just like a small taste of what what's coming in four weeks from now. It's, it's really not that far away.
4: I'll say, though, I mean, there was some great action at the Grand Prix, but you got to remember who's in their division at ADCC, Marcus Buchecha. I didn't see anything at anybody, no offense. I didn't see anything at anybody that makes me think they're going to take down Buchecha. When it comes to ADCC, I mean, that guy's so athletic, so strong, such a good wrestler that I don't know if any of them are going to be able to, I mean, if they're going to go at it with that strategy that was going to a bunch of 0 refs zero decisions, I mean, Bucic is going to bring it. Bucic is going to be going to war, so it's going to be tough.
0: I hear that. Uh, speaking of ADCC, we've got a, a little bit of ADCC news. Uh, some, <laughs> some. it seems that nonstop just constant changes mm. in the roster and the lineup. But uh, one really big notable one that happened uh, the last couple of days, was the news that that Nicky Ryan has dropped back down to 66 kilos because his teammate, Ethan Crellingston, who was qualified at 66 kilos, has pulled out with injury. Mm. So Nicky, who's been playing musical chairs with the division somewhat, he was in at 66 after winning the West Coast Trials. Then he moved up to 77 because he's like, oh, I'm getting too big, and people are saying that he's not going to be able to hit 145 pounds anymore. So he's actually gone back down to replace... Ethan, who's pulled out with the injury. And who slid in at seventy seven kilos to replace Nicky? None other than Gary G Dog Tonan. G Dog. <laughs> <G-dog>. Oh no. <laughs> uh
3: yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited to see Gary back in grappling competition. He's born for ADCC as far as I'm concerned. He's got a great style. But it's a really smart tactical move for Nicky to drop down to sixty-six kilos. I think that division is wide open. He holds wins over like Gio Martinez, who in my mind was one of the front runners. And now this throws a little bit of question into that. So I think uh, it's a big move. It's a big shakeup for the divisions.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I got to say, I wonder if Nicky was maybe hedging his bets that, that a spot would open up at 66. Because after Cabrinha pulled out and Kennedy came in, it threw that whole division into, into disarray, right? Yeah. And like, like I believe that there's only a handful of guys who even won trials are actually in that division, right?
4: Three guys from the trials. Three uh, left, and I mean, there's a three lot, out of sixteen. There's a lot of names in here. A lot of a lot of people you recognize, but I don't know who you would pick. I mean, with No Cambrino who you would pick as the as a favorites? Like if you had to pick a top tier of maybe two or three guys in this division, who do you think you're going to go with? Here, I mean, probably Paulo Tanquino and then I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there.
0: There are a lot of question marks. Actually, it, it's very telling as well, the state of the 66 kilogram division by the fact that after guys were pulling out and a lot of people pulled out, that they started inviting podium finishers from the trials mm. as opposed to simply big names or, 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 or trials winners. So that's how guys such as Richard Alacon and, and Ty Ruotolo managed to get on the card. Keith Krikorian, these, these are guys who all meddled at the ADCC trials, but didn't win. Right, Mm. but they got the shot because of the amount of changes in that division. So I appreciate that mentality. You know, like uh, Keith, as you mentioned, he took, I believe, double
3: silver. He was close twice, and um, instead of opting for maybe a bigger name, I mean, they're all in there now at this point. But you know, they they gave the guy a shot who who really worked for it. So I, I really am happy with the way that things have shaped up. You know, I'm gonna miss Cabrinha and Ethan, and of course the others that have dropped out, but Still, very intriguing division and uh, a lot of exciting matchups at this point.
0: All right, I'm going to ask you guys a question. So, given the withdrawal of Cabrini at 66 and the current landscape with only four trials winners and a number of uh, invited guys, and as we said, a number of guys who who were podium finishers at trials but not even trials winners, who's the number one seed in that bracket?
4: I think Paulo for sure. He he took third last time. He he only lost to Cabrini last time, took third last time. I think. Think you got I think you gotta see Paulo number one
3: yeah it seems like a, a fair choice um, I think tankino could do really well as well I don't know how high they would rank him but uh, I think he
0: would be uh, up there
4: yeah tank I wonder up if
0: uh, I wonder if AJ Agazam's kicking himself now
4: yeah true true <laughs> right? yeah. because
0: he was in and then he withdrew because he has a a Bellator or he had the offer of a Bellator fight and I believe it was actually
4: in LA like Mm. right
0: around the same period and he's like I'm going to do MMA instead it's a long four weeks who knows what might happen next (laughs) you never know right right? if his MMA opponent pulls out and they can't get him another one and he's already dropping weight for that maybe he does ADCC but you know otherwise he's going to have to wait a full two years for another crack at ADCC and who knows whether the door will be open for him right
4: yeah, absolutely. Pablo Mantovani is in there, too, who made the semifinals last time. Remember, he knocked off Tanquino last time, made the semifinals and lost to oh, that's a good point. That's a yeah, good point. Yeah, he's another guy. You
0: know, for me, 66 kilos is one of those divisions that there are very few clear favorites, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of dark horses. A lot
4: of interesting early matchups, too. With all, I mean, you look through here, Gio Martinez, Jamil, Gianni, all these guys are names. There's going to be a lot of interesting first and second round matchups in that bracket. For if you sure.
3: had to pick one match you, uh, you wanted to see, what would what, you guys choose? Mm.
0: Whew that's a good question I, mean, I think it's gonna um, I want to see Nicky versus Kennedy Massey rematch yep that's yep. a good one I that's think we are one. thinking that one I think people forget that even happened right that's a long time ago 2016 end of 2016 right yeah. so like how
3: old is Nicky I forget is he 17 now 18 he's 18 so I don't know 15? he would have been like right around the 15-16 mark yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Kennedy was still a purple belt I believe <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and uh, yeah, for those of you who haven't seen that match it was Kennedy kind of one way traffic um you know, Nikki looked good, but Kennedy played a positional game, passed his guard, I think. Um, i have to watch it back, it's been a long time, but it was definitely uh, a clear win for Kennedy in that match. But three years is a super long time, especially in the life of a teenage athlete. So yeah. things yeah. have changed
4: not a matchup but somebody I'm looking forward to seeing there is uh, sort of a dark horse is Jamil Jamil Hill mm-hmm. because I mean he's known mostly as a gi guy right he's a lasso player man
0: I've only ever seen like in his black belt career I've only ever seen one no gi match from Jamil and that yeah. was that sp- uh, special super fight he had at Spider. Spider Yeah, yeah. Uh, what if, which which he actually looked really really good at like I have to say
4: what if Jamil just comes out and heel hooks everybody oh, oh I um, love it <laughs>
0: and uh, we've actually got a comment in our uh, Facebook live chat here from Ronnie Walker said that he uh, he trained at Lloyd's on Monday and apparently those guys are training really hard and he also said that he can't wait to see Jamil. he's very impressed by him so a little bit of inside news from the tli camp in camp springs
3: i like it relax. you know and Jamil is such a, a technically minded guy he, he loves a nerd out on, on techniques i think he could pick up the heel hook game leg lock game very quickly uh, i i would not be shocked to see him do well at all for me my, my dream match also involves Nicky. I, I think he, he's it, just the guy right there's
0: there's the hype behind him he's he's so excited to watch I just want to I I know that maybe it's a little unfair but I want to see him tested by the best guys in the world and I want to see him prove over and over like you know he really is as good as as the hype right I mean we've seen him prove it but I kind of like come on let's
3: just keep it rolling right that's why I want to see Nicky versus Paulo I think that's that's an incredible match um, for Nicky to take on someone that's clearly a veteran one of the best ever and um
0: you know let's see if you can leg like a meow that, yeah. that's the game right? another <laughs> spicy match for me in that division has, has to be Mateus Gabriel versus Kennedy Martial okay right because think about it Those guys first are round yeah. uh, Noki Worlds well let's re- f- rewind it a yeah, little yeah. bit because first round Noki Worlds Kennedy chokes out Mateus Gabriel cold mm. first mm. round rear naked choke and then goes on to win Worlds and then Mike teared up what happened to pants?
4: At pans, they were uh, going back and forth. and double guard pull, getting penalties, and Kennedy timed it right. They pull, they double pulled, and Kennedy threw up an arm lock off of it. And and, uh, Mateus, all right, Mateus threw up an arm lock, and I mean, if you've seen the pictures or videos, broke it's Kennedy's brutal. arm.
0: Yeah, that was like way past one hundred and eighty degrees, like full hyperextension. Apparently, there was no fracture. Uh, we spoke to Cabrini a little bit after that. There was no fracture, and Kennedy actually returned to training very, very quickly. Was it just
3: Dislocated, or like a sprain. Okay, yeah. okay, No, not a sprain.
0: Yeah. That was that was way, 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 way past the point of normal. So, <laughs> yeah, about pretty, pretty gross clip if you haven't seen it about
4: but. Paulo and Nikki. I remember they fought a couple of years ago at some small thing, but I mean, Paulo beat him pretty handily there. Oh, but I remember that. Yeah, but, yeah, but you yeah. got to think, Nikki. How old is he now? He's eighteen. Yeah, he's yeah. eighteen. So what? He was like a sophomore in high school then, or something. So how much? Is he, <laughs> how much has he matured? How much better is he now? That'd be an interesting thing to see.
0: Yeah. So. I've, uh, I've asked this question to a few people as well, but like, which do you think is the toughest group at ADCC this year? I think 77 has got to
3: be in, in the contention for that. 77 and over 99 are my picks. I'm saying 77
0: too. It's my group of death. I'm coining it now. Group of death,
3: 77 kilos. That used to be 88. 88 was uh, last year's group of death, I think we called it, coined yeah. it. But a lot of those guys have, have jumped up to under 99 and uh, yeah I think there's only like two or three returning athletes in 88
4: yeah they're and, all yeah. at 99 Gordon Ryan's up there Keena Cornelius I mean you got Gaudio and Hulk they're at 99 too. that's going to be a tough Vinnie Magalhães that's a tough bracket at 99 too.
0: you know we actually got some heat uh, and we'll jump into the rankings a little bit more uh, later on but we got some heat this morning because we dropped the Nogi rankings mm. and uh, and there were some comments as to why JT Torres was only number two in the 77 kilogram rankings so well, the answer to that of course is that JT Torres has only had one no-gi match in the last two years. He only competed once, no-gi, since winning his ADCC gold medal in 2017 in Finland. And that was a recent fight-to-win super fight against Wagner Hocha, which I have to say, he looked phenomenal in, right?
4: Yeah, and a lot of, yeah, like you pointed out, the rankings were for the last year. So if you haven't competed since last ADCC, you're not in there. But henato has been so active. But, yeah, JT, I mean, he beat bronze medalist from the last ADC season yep. Wagner Hosha who's ranked third right behind him fairly easily at uh, his last fight so yeah
0: I, I, again I, I hate to say it but it was a, it was a closeout, right it absolutely shut him down and not many people do that to Wagner right? I didn't predict that at all you know no. I was really curious to see
3: uh, you know Wagner is one of the most most active athletes out there competing in every every kind of format possible but almost exclusively nogi. And uh, yeah, JT just went out there and beasted on him. So
0: I think- that- you, you know what's quite telling for me, actually, is that, that Wagner had a, uh, a super fight with Celso-Vinicius at Kasai Super Series Orlando, July 4th, right? And that was a very typical Celso-Wagner match. Knocked down, drag out, just throwing each other around, nasty, nasty attacks, really gritty match. And it was very, very competitive. Now, the last time we saw JT versus Celso Vinicius was at ADCC 2017. And that match was super competitive. Mm. Like, Celso is a beast, right? He's so hard to score on. He's a rock. Street He's, ve- Yeah, he really is. And, like, just a little torso with arms and legs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for, for that to be such a competitive match, and then for JT to come out of the wilderness, let's say, and just steamroll Wagner like that, it's like, oh my word what has he been doing has he been up a mountain training under a waterfall or
3: something you know what I mean yes, yes definitely
4: <laughs> I hope so and uh, also something we sort of skipped over with all the Nikki talk is another edition here 77 Gary Tonin total wild card where does Gary Tonin yeah. slide in there yeah he's a wild card makes for it even sure, tougher right? now yeah right it's, that group of death is even tougher I'd love
3: tougher. to see see um see Wagner versus Gary I think that's a fun match I, I can't recall if roll that ever... one back yeah. no 2017 third, third, oh, yeah, yeah. third, third place, place match, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what am I saying, am I, saying? Um, I
4: don't remember how it went do you remember it? was it was a close <laughs> very match? scrappy
0: there was yeah. this wild moment where Gary like basically is running around doing airplane arms Granby rolling out of uh, <laughs> Wagner's uh, rear body that's lock right, that's right yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. A typical Gary Tornan antics which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to see him coming for ADCC this year it's going to be fantastic
3: you so.
4: got some newcomers in, there, in that group of death too Edwin Najmi Lachlan I'm and looking Sittava. forward to Lapa, man. He, yeah. looked, he
3: looked fantastic at that, that group event uh, a couple weeks ago, submitting like five guys or something crazy in one day.
0: Submitted Manchikera
3: in like or whatever two minutes uh, in that. Ryan. So yeah, it, that was crazy. So
4: I think he can make a,
3: a big impact as a, as a dark horse. Edwin's got
4: that Darst to counter single legs he uses a lot. you got Dante Leon in there who's made a big name for himself, Whew. grappling no this year. I mean, i got to say 77 is the toughest in my opinion, just looking at this list.
0: Well, yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, the 16 guys uh of those 16 guys obviously some of them are more active than others but in our flow grappling nogi rankings if you take a look at 77 kilos number one two three four five six and seven in that top 19 ranking are all going to be in that bracket so that's almost half of the uh almost half of the ADCC 70-kilogram division are ranked right at the top of our division. And
4: that doesn't include Lucas Leprey, who is just not there because he's been inactive. So throwing yeah. those guys with Lucas Leprey and it gets a little crazy. Right. It gets really crazy. There Ni- are a bunch Nicky made the
3: smart move to uh, to go down to 66, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you were saying that
0: was one of your dream matches, right?
3: Yeah, I, w- I would have loved to see... I mean, you were saying you want to see Nicky versus some of the best ever. Well, I think you can't do much better than Nicky versus JT or Nicky versus Lucas leprey mm-hmm. But I, I think... Uh, Man strength would be a factor in those matches. You know, those those guys have just been at the top of the game for a better part of you know ten years or something. And Nikki's still coming into his own. I Feel think it would not. Be very difficult for him. Yeah. Not that I want to see him uh, fail, not at all. But yeah. it would
4: be a crazy test. You know, know there's just sort of cliché to like pretend that Dan and her guys are all leg locks because obviously they have a lot of other stuff. But I mean how hard is it going to be for him to get on the back of Lucas Leprey or something if they meet up with jet, to, impossible. Yeah, to, to win the positional battle there is going to be tough against a, a veteran with such a great base and such great fundamentals like Lucas. I, I, I struggle to
0: see anybody even getting in on a leg entry for somebody like Lucas. I just see him shutting it down. So, But, uh, man, ADCC, we could talk about that all day. But I want to talk about rankings because mm. we have – we have totally revamped our ranking section Michael you're a big reason for that uh, you've been working really hard on producing the rankings we have dropped recently we've dropped updates to the no-gi rankings there have been major changes at pound for pound and almost every division we've dropped the adult male black belt gi rankings, the women's pound for pound rankings, masters 1, 2 and 3 so that's 30 to 45 years of age in total 3 age divisions um, and we're also dropping some colored belt rankings too right?
4: Yeah, it's going to be that. I don't think anybody's ever ranked color belts uh, by weight class. We're going to do top 10 at all the weights. And pound for pound, start off with purple and brown. Once, you know, blue belt, we don't quite know. A lot of these guys were white belts last year. Once, Once we see more of them, we'll get some blue belts going. But yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm interested to see the reaction uh don't inbox me please i know i'm gonna get, <laughs> get some stuff wrong so Maybe. you're not that interested in the reaction <laughs> yeah, if i <laughs> chose the wrong last name for you uh,
0: i'm sorry for uh, uh, yeah that, that is a problem right it's always like you got five names five names to choose from but Resilience. but hey if a team is wrong or something like that let us know right yeah for sure change.
4: for sure and now, also let us know if you get promoted i've been spending all week stalking kids on instagram trying to find out what belt you are currently so <laughs>
0: Yeah, did he get promoted from blue to purple? What's going on? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the method behind the rankings? Like, how do we determine the rankings?
4: Uh, Well, it's a little bit easier at the black belt level, but for the color belts, yeah, first got to find out who's at what belt. It takes an enormous amount of time. And then I just sort of compile a spreadsheet with all of the uh, major tournaments last year. Like, say you're ranking purple, all the major tournaments, blue and purple, right next to each other. And then all of the opens, the opens factor into it a lot lot less, you know, use grand slam points a lot more, and uh, just go off of that, and then it gets a little bit tough deciding like, all right, who's who's higher, a blue belt world champion or a third place finisher at purple belt, that type of thing. So, you know, it's a lot of just the eye test to who you think's better, but yeah, I'm very interested to see how it's going to go. I it's a it's, lot of work in my fight. Oh
3: yeah, it's <laughs> a ton of work, and uh, I'm super glad that we've expanded the staff. We have, we have Michael, and of course, our, another filmmaker on board, Ryan Smith, who's out there right now with the Tackets doing some filming but yeah yeah uh, we should
0: make a point of mentioning that uh, William Tackett who is number 10 on our 77 kilogram ranking and is uh, we've been told that he's um he's potentially uh, on the list for ADCC alternates as mm. well he was the third place finisher at the um at the West Coast Trials and has had a couple of really nice matches recently uh, he won the Jits King event we talked about that a little while ago That was back in July and um, most recently we saw him against Nick Ronan on the Kasai uh, Kasai Pro 6 as well in Atlantic City right you see that match oh, oh. yeah absolutely uh, Tackett looked phenomenal you know Nick I believe is a black belt at this point right Nick Ronan
3: or is he still no, brown belt I think no. he's purple
0: actually Nick runs a purple belt. Nah, I mean, some of these Danaha guys don't get promoted so far. It's hard to know. They're a rash guard, but I could have pointed that I know that's the there. thing. I wrote, yeah. I wrote the preview
4: for that. I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a colored belt. Okay, okay, Brown. my bad. Around. But either way, Tackett looked phenomenal. He's beaten yeah. back belts, I believe, like so. Oh, yeah. probably a bunch of them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Tackett was on fire in that match. He was all over him. There wasn't, I didn't give him any chance to breathe or anything. Just constantly getting that side smash going, trying to roll into the back. Tackett looked really impressive in that match. I want to
0: see what those guys are doing in the gym. Really really excited to see how (laughs) those guys are training. Him, his brother Andrew, who's like 16, and Cody Steele as well. Something in the water up there. But um, going back to the rankings real quick, um, there were some major changes in the pound-for-pound Nogi ranking because we expanded the ranking up to 16. And there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, unranked athletes came in on that pound for pound ranking of course number one numero uno still being Gordon Ryan and he very he made a point of just reminding everybody of that when they j- dropped this morning as well he's like doesn't
4: matter who's in the rankings I'm still number one <laughs> yeah do you think that'll change after ADCC I mean Buchecha if, if Buchecha beats him in the open class I mean yeah of course then
3: yeah, it all comes down to head-to-head matchups. You know, you got to win to be in the top of the rankings, and so far, uh, only Felipe has, has managed to beat Corden, and that was that was a long time t- ago, two years ago. So exactly. Yeah, that's why those rankings haven't changed, and that's why Felipe isn't on him, For those of you who are wondering, you know, he
0: last time he competed in OG, he uh, he lost by submission. So exactly, Felipe has not been ranked in the pound for pound. Of course, he is ranked in the uh, in the under hundred kilograms. He's ranked at number nine. Just one below Aaron Tex Johnson, who of course is the man who heel hooked him at Kasai Pro 6. So um, the problem, of course, is that Felipe is not going to have the opportunity to get onto those pound for pound rankings and the climb because he's only doing the super fight against Galvão.
3: Yeah, it's actually an interesting tricky, problem. Right? I, it just sort of came to me as we were talking right now. What do we do with the, the super yeah. fight winner? How do you rank that super fight compared uh, to winning a division? Maybe I mean, you, you guys could leave some suggestions in the comments. Whew, yeah. That is an interesting problem. I've always actually the super fight is kind of a such a unique thing to ADCC right because you have the defending absolute champion coming to take on the lineal super fight champion Mm -hmm. like it's it's a little bit crazy they're both Current champions in their own yeah. way. And well, f-
0: we're going to talk about the super fight a little later because Reed's going to join us uh, after the break, oh, yeah. and yes. uh, okay. we'll we'll get his feedback on that as well because he's been he's been hanging out with these guys a lot. I'm sure he's got some really good perspective on it.
4: Something interesting about the rankings I'm noticing is the number one guy at over 100 and at 99 are actually switching divisions for ADCC. Kynan's going up to over 100, and Gordon's yeah. going back to, down to 99. So.
0: Well, Kynan's been flip-flopping weight divisions quite a lot recently, right? Because we put him here at under 99. Because we've kind of gone with CC weight categories for the rankings, right? 66, 77, 88, 99, over 99. But uh, the tournament that he did, Kasai Pro 5 earlier this year, which he won, beating Tex, you know, beating Craig Jones, beating all those guys, I was at 205 pounds, which is right around 94 kilos. So it was actually a little bit below the 99, right? 99 is about 218, I think, right? Right. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be fighting over 99 at ADCC, although when he weighed in for his super fight recently against Patrick ogio for Kasai Pro 6 and uh, he weighed in he was he was like walking around with, like 213 or something like that
4: yeah, well I, I feel like 99 is his weight class right but I mean team, team issues yeah Hulk's in there so I'm sure Gov I was telling these guys hey you know why are we going to have two of my studs fight second round right know, kind of go up there and good luck trying to beat Puchetcha but uh, yeah I mean I, I think a lot of people are doing that you see Ali bumped up to over 90 I think a lot a lot of people have figured out you know I'm not going to go in the same bracket as my teammate fight him second round. 100%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually interesting that Spriggs won the trials at over 99. And uh, no, Sorry, no, under 99. But, yeah, yeah, it would have been tough with Ali in there as well, right? So, But, um, yeah, interesting to see what happens there with those, those divisions because Gordon currently ranked at over 100 kilos, so over 99, but he's going to be doing ADCC at under 99, and his teammate, Rodriguez, is going to be doing over 99. So, like you say, like could completely change the landscape of those rankings Hmm. pretty soon so moving on we got a couple of really interesting events on the horizon with more implications for adcc what's on the what's on the cards chase Well, uh, to kick it off, this Friday at Fight Twin 123,
3: we've got Dante Leon versus Gabriel Larges in the main event there. Mm. Uh, That's really interesting, actually, because they're in different ADC categories. Dante is in 77, as we mentioned, and and Gabriel is at 88. So a a little bit of an interesting scenario there, because you have to think Gabriel will be a little bit bigger, but I imagine Dante won't be weaker. That dude is extremely strong
0: and always pushing the pushing the pace there with the weight, so and I'm really excited. I don't think that Gabriel's scraping that 88-kilogram weight limit either. hes uh, I don't think he's quite that big.
4: Maybe. I mean, I've seen him do... 77 before at mm-hmm. UAE events, so I mean I'd imagine if Edwin wasn't in there, we probably would have seen Gabriel go down to 77 for this turn.
0: And actually, Servio Tulio is at yeah, 77 as well. It so, would just
4: be a whole quarterfinal. Mm, you put those mm. guys in.
0: there. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, like Servio, unfortunately, Servio won the Brazilian trials um, at 77, and he's a Gracie Baja guy from Belo Horizonte, same place as Felipe Panner and Gabriel Lages and Homlo Bajal, All those guys from there. And then Edwin got invited as well. So. Unfortunately, they they're going to have to meet second round at the latest. So that's tough. That's it tough is tough. But that's ADCC.
3: That's the way it goes. But I, I, I can't wait to see this match. Michael and I were actually talking about it the other day, and um, it's going to be very different if they want to play the fight to win game because mm. uh, you know it rewards basically only submissions um, and. If you, you do what you want. if you don't if you don't if you don't attack you're very likely to lose to someone who might just have like a shitty footlock attempt on you like yeah. you really have to sort of go out to the sub so it's very different than ADCC. I and think a I
4: think Fight to Win rules might favor Dante a little bit because Gabriel's 50 I mean I don't know how Gabriel's heel hooks are but Gabriel likes 50-50 so it's a whole different game with heel hooks involved so and then also I mean Dante's He's a scrappy guy. He's so good at the scrambles, going yeah. after submissions. When they're scoring for submission attempts, win it. I, I think these rules set really helps Dante compare to fighting Gabriel and IBJJF.
0: You know, I'm calling it now. I am absolutely convinced that G- that Dante's going to do some damage at 77. Hmm. I think he's got the perfect game for ADCC. So? Yeah. so, you know, a fight to win rules, like it's a really like just total toss-up like, what to expect at that match, right? Like you said. Uh, it's a submission-only event. You know, we could see wrestling. We could see just an immediate guard pull. Who knows, right? Just absolutely no way of knowing. Um, I would expect to see guys kind of, you know, roll out elements of their game plan for ADCC. You know, as a as a way of preparing and stuff. But Dante's game, I feel he has the potential to perform well in ADCC. He's actually, as you said, he's a physical beast. He's super strong, lifts like a million pounds. You know, <laughs> he he's actually very, very good off his back. He's got a great mm. uh, kind of bottom game. He inverts really, really well. He's great at getting, getting in underneath his opponent's legs. Uh, he wrestles up. He wrestles people yeah. back down, you know. So I think you put all those elements together and it's like, hmm, that's kind of what you're looking for in the, Sort of perfect ADCC competitor, right? Somebody who can do it to do it all.
4: Absolutely, Nate's a guy that sort of lives off the scrambles, which can hurt you at the IBJJF black belt level where guys are tying you up. But I mean, ADCC where you're wrestling, sprawling, he can try and spin around and get the back, get on a guillotine. Yeah, I think that Nate's. a dark horse for seventy-seven for sure.
3: I'm just glad to see uh, a healthy Gabriel Arges. So the last time we saw him in Nogi. You know he uh, he was a little bit injured against Craig Jones, and that match definitely did not go his way. Craig looked great, but something looked a little bit off with Gabriel. He of course went on to, to win the world championships in the Gi. so you got to think he, he's coming in a great shape. And I'm looking forward to just seeing him kind of uh, get one back. You know what I mean? Like like even if he doesn't win his matches, I'm sure he'll be he'll be doing great out there. And uh, I'm looking forward to him just performing at a high level, like he know he can. So. That's going to be great.
4: It's interesting. Uh, how many guys are taking super fights right before ADC? It seems to be the move, right? Everybody's taking yeah. a super fight four to six weeks out, maybe three weeks with some of these well, guys. You know? the,
0: this is not the only one, actually. Fight to win 123 is coming up. It's this weekend, August 30th, Friday night in Sacramento. Dante Leon versus Gabriel Lages. However, Fight to win 24, 124, the following weekend, September 7th, you've got Edwin Najmi versus Marcelo Mafra, better known as La Pella. And you got Josh Hinger versus Arnaldo Maidana. So Edwin, doing much like Gabriel, taking a tune-up match mm. against an ADCC veteran in La Pella. And Josh Hinger, who has been really, really active the last couple of weeks, mm. taking on um, a pretty tough challenge in Arnaldo Maidana from Checkmate, right?
4: Yeah, it's only three weeks out right there. Tough matchups. I mean, Edwin's fighting Lapella, multiple-time Nogi World Champion, who's beat some guys that uh, beat Taza at the last ADCC, and... Hanger's my Ma- Maidana, who's no easy fight. I mean, they're one and one against each other. So three weeks out, that's uh, some tough tune-up matches they got going on. I was yeah. thinking about this. <laughs> these are not easy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was thinking about like the the, the frequency of, of these high-level competitors doing their thing. But you take any other sport. And they have to go through the playoffs. These guys don't do the World Series after mm. three months off in a training camp. You know, they are competing all the way up. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we are moving towards a more professional sport where things are, are more like a league. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird because there are different organizations, but that's sort of how maybe the mentality behind
0: it. I be. hear you because some of these guys won trials a long time ago. Yeah. You know, or some of these guys, as we've mentioned, haven't competed barely any, if not any, like Nogi since two thousand seventeen. So you'd think that actually it would make sense get a you know, get some reps in, right, before the big day comes around. And that's not that far away. But it kinda seems like really right on top of it right the, that's the, a little risky for sure yeah you but, know the possibility of getting hurt and and so on is i oof. guess the world yeah,
4: series are a not little, trying to rip your legs yeah off. a little There's scarier that. when they're trying to <laughs> a little scarier when they're trying to break your bones and stuff yeah
3: for sure we've got a but bear, bear in the be comments in, here actually saying that um bear from what's up, Roll, what's up bear? saying that wrestling in leg locks seem to be the the move and it's hard to argue with that I, yeah i absolutely. mean he's not
0: the only person to say it one of the greatest minds in jiu-jitsu currently uh mr keenan cornelius himself a beautiful mind, indeed. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he said it himself, right? That wrestling is kind of, uh, sorry, the the, the the he feels the no gi meta game is imploding, in his words, and he feels it's just about wrestling and leg locks nowadays. So, uh, I'm not sure. I completely agree with that. Still, I think there are some still some great guys out there who are showing that it's more about just that. Than but, well, it's it's definitely one opinion. Yeah, but, and
4: then, uh, uh, guillotines and RNCs, basically. And are, that's the that's the game, basically. I think
0: naked Choke is still, by far, in a way, the
3: most common submission. That's, you know, that's right? the f- most common submission with heel hooks being, I think, uh, second on that list. But Ooh. you look at someone who doesn't play that, and I'm not shocked that it's at the lighter weight class, but I did a, a study on Cabrinha's last championship run. He pulled guard every, every match except the final and swept the top. So he didn't wrestle. He didn't waste any energy wrestling. But once he got on top, he stayed there. Mm. I, I was... Um, blown away by his economy uh, of efforts. Like once he swept, he entered the passing sequence. He wasn't in a scramble. He just kind of weighed on the guy, weighed on the guy, eventually got his pass. Also didn't fight for side control, but rather just went straight to the back. So,
0: economy of, of effort,
3: right? Y- yes. Wow, it's incredible. So I, I recommend you guys go back. I've been putting out studies uh, almost every week for each of the last year's championship or champions from ADC. He did a good
0: one yesterday with Gordon.
3: Yeah, that one popped off. You guys had a lot to say about that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a great way, to, though, to see the different strategies being implemented successfully because there are a lot of people trying the same game, but they can't always... Can't always get the wins, but when you when we look at these championships or champions, I should say, there's a lot to learn there.
4: It's interesting with how you see the game plan change up. Like a lot of these guys, basically join a wrestling team for the last month. You see these yeah. guys; they're in wrestling rooms. Some of these guys are in a room with shoes and a headgear on wrestling, so it's completely different game plan than what it, they're using. Does to.
0: speak to the importance of wrestling in yeah, ADCC, yeah. right? Uh, I think um, Josh Hinger said recently as well. The ADCC is basically a wrestling competition with submissions. Oh, yeah.
4: Which is why I like it for him because it opens up his guillotine, his chin strap that he loves too. I think Hanger can do some damage here. Um, Josh Hinger versus Arnaldo
0: Maidana. That's a very interesting one. They fought before, right? Uh, Guy and no Guy. And, uh, Last time they fought Nogi, or the, sorry, the, the only time they fought Nogi uh, was when Josh ran through the opposition at that ACB tournament where he won the belt. Oh. Gogo Plata. Uh, hit him was, with okay. a Gogo Plata. After the whole Hingateen sequence. It was really, it was a beautiful thing.
4: Yeah, I think no wrestling in this one. Arnaldo's going to sit in that for the fight to win. I don't think, I don't you think, think. Well, that's right because <laughs> that other league you had to, there's
3: no
0: take, or there's, you can not pull guard. There's a penalty for the first right? minute. For you can
3: pull minute? guard for the first minute. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Interesting. But. um some great super fights on that one fight to win 124 that is Seattle and that is September 7th Edwin Najmi versus Lapella, Josh Hinger versus Arnaldo Maidana and great women's match Karen Antunes versus Mysa Bastos that's a crazy match as well big size difference yeah there. big yeah well not that much Roosterweight so. versus Light Featherweight yeah, 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 yeah but I mean
3: Karen's jacked and uh, he's <laughs> way bigger than Misa Misa's gotta
4: be the smallest black belt on earth she's so, <laughs> she's so small she's great great jiu-jitsu but my, I, I think she's Karen. a tiny human being yeah but i th- yeah pick i think i'm i might pick my so she's had some su- success really
0: i gotta say though karen has looked great lately Is it gi I, match mean, or no gi? I believe it's gi but i mean she's she's so she's so good karen it's like she's a great competitor and and you know she did uh she just won she, she did one worlds two years ago she was at masters worlds very recently she uh she also won the fight to win belt this year if i remember correctly um so you know She's, she's been super active. I like it. Just double-checking. And it is a Gi match. So that's, uh, yeah, one to watch. Got to watch we the also, p- from yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. No surprise there. September 7th, Grapple Fest 6 is coming back. And uh, you're going to watch it live on Flow Grappling. Got a couple of very interesting main event matches. Both the Meow Brothers will be in action. João Meow and Paulo, his brother, his twin brother, they're going to be taking on, um, Joao's going to be taking on Frank Rosenthal, and is going to be taking on the Polish black belt, Camille Wilk. So um, Camille's actually a, uh, he's an um, uh, ADCC veteran, 2017, uh, two-time uh, trials winner, I believe, but uh, not at ADCC this year. But again, that's it, as we were talking about ADCC tune-up matches. Paulo's in, Joao or Frank aren't, of course, but Paolo is in, so it's a good tune-up match, and literally two weeks out as well, right? yeah and also overseas travel for those guys
3: so
4: yeah.
0: definitely aggressive move for, for
4: Paulo but it seems to be the, the trend this year yeah, yeah. Absolutely. these guys don't care Joels well. on a super fight every weekend it seems like I mean, he's been really busy lately <laughs> yeah. And
0: most most recently we saw him at the um, we saw him at the Kasai Pro 6 where he won the the, the bantamweight tournament the 130 high pound tournament and uh, looked great Hits mission win over Richard Alokon, uh, who was, we saw is qualified for ADCC. Um, he beat uh, he beat a number of really good names. Beat Ashley Williams. He beat, uh, who else was in his division, in his bracket? Uh, uh, Freitas, Rafael Freitas. Yes, yeah,
3: with that nasty hook. look. Nasty, yeah. Rafael Freitas is doing okay. That did
0: not look great. So we actually, uh, we spoke to his opponent, Frank Rosenthal, backstage just after uh, Joao won Kasai Pro 6. And we actually have an interview clip um so Frank is going to give us some thoughts about what he kind of like gleaned from gleaned from watching Joao in action at Kasai Pro 6. Let's, uh, let's roll the tape and take a look.
2: Uh, you know, it's fine. I've been watching Joao and Paulo, you know, both of them for a very long time, probably since I was a blue belt. Um, and yeah, you know, tonight was very interesting because they, Joel uh, competed against a lot of guys that I've competed against. So uh, it was kind of a good measuring tool and it was interesting to see how his game's evolved. Um, he's definitely evolved within the last, you know, couple years, especially like breaking into the sub-only scene. So it was very interesting to see him in this format and, uh, you know, his game looks, you know, impressive as always. So it should be a good scrap in a few weeks.
0: Biggest takeaways, uh, technically, you said that he's developing, he's adding things to his game. Anything you know?
2: Yeah, he's definitely more heavy into the leg entanglements uh, and using them to go into submission holds. He's always been very talented at using them to score and to get to the back. But I think now what you're seeing is a hybrid of both scoring methods, but also you know getting into good ashi and attacking the legs. So I think that'll make for a fun exchange, especially you know the, being that it's a sub only match, kind of let us go at each other. So
0: interesting words from Frank there, basically saying about how Joao has added leg lock elements to his game. So he's always been known for the leg fighting, the inversions. uh, But now he's using that game, which he's so good at, and he's adding in the threat of leg attacks, heel hooks, mostly, of course. What do you guys think about that? It's pretty intriguing, right?
4: Well, you got Eddie over there now. Eddie Cummings in Unity. You know, that's got to bring something. I mean, they always had good leg locks. I mean, Junie's always had mixed them in. But, I mean, Eddie's one of the leg lock wizards out there, right? So him coming in. When I was there in October, actually, I mean... I saw one. I think it was Joao and Eddie were sitting there, you know, trading stuff back and forth. The techniques after class. So I mean, I'm sure they're working a lot with that guy. Yeah, got to be improving their leg that game. What a what an incubation
3: tank, a thought tank there for Oof. technique, right? Everyone, sure. everyone thinks of Danaher's, but now we have those guys in the mix together. Plus Murillo, it's like, oh my god, there's some monsters being bred.
0: Yeah, that is pretty scary. Um, I think we've mentioned this before about how Murillo. So um, he told me that you know, when it comes to the um, when it comes to his guys. They're mostly lightweight guys, right? They're usually lightweight and below. There's a few guys who are slightly bigger, but uh, they all bear and from bottom and they pressure pass from top. Mm, and awesome. it's yeah, such smashing an interesting dudes, mix. Forcing yeah.
4: half guard and smashing dude. Yeah, their they're passing is some of the most underrated injuries. It is underrated. Because you see yeah. on- online people say, oh, meow brothers, Baron bolo, You watch them the last couple of years, they're, you know, forcing half guard and just. They've been playing a lot of top game, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smashing guys. How about Joao though competing left and right? I mean I think he's doing super fights in gyms and stuff. He's getting that money. Just <laughs> yeah. So yeah. couldn't do a super fight in a parking lot if you got got <laughs> a you're ah. grand to throw him. <laughs>
0: Uh man, I'm excited to see the match of Frank Rosenthal Frank a uh he's a Danaher Death Squad uh, team member of course. Um got a great leg lock game. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting, especially in the submission only rule set of course, you know. So it will really allow them to explore those positions. I think but. they're 15 minute matches as well. Yeah,
3: I do believe they're 20 bit, actually, maybe. Are they 20? Yeah, maybe 20, yeah. So that that's you know, I think I think that's the format you got to go with for submission only. Fight to win has like 40 Fights a night, so they couldn't do that long of a show. No. But um, for something like Grapple Fest, I think it makes sense to have a little bit more drawn out, longer time periods.
0: Yeah. Also going to see the return of Masakazu Imanari the famous Imanari role creator. And uh, he's got a match on the same event up against Ben Eddy of 10th Planet. Uh, ben Eddy, I don't know if you guys seen, but he's the guy who, um, the creator of the Hindu Teen. I've seen some clips. Those are pretty oh, wild. I don't even know what their move is. Oh, okay, we're going to drop, trust, drop that one on into it. the comments in <laughs> the social media so people can see it, Chase, because the Hindu Teen, I'm going to show it to you real quick here, Michael, so you can see, and then drop it in the live stream comments so that people can see it themselves. But check this out. It's basically a guillotine like, high elbow guillotine with rubber guard at the same time. It's like, it doesn't really make sense. you got to be super flexible gonna to get it. going to like a guillotine over the
4: foot like that, Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so it's like he's got the rubber guard clamping down on the back of the guy's neck, and he kind of reaches over the top of it, and he gets oh, that my. guillotine, and
2: yeah. crazy, right? Him
0: and MNR should be a fun one. Yeah, they're going to get in some interesting, interesting th- positions. Unorthodox attacks right there, yeah.
3: Very,
4: what do you know yeah. about this Wilk guy? Do you think he's got anything for Paulo? I know you say he's a couple-time ADCC veteran. What kind of style is this guy? He's definitely he got some had anything for Paolo. Oh, yeah. that
0: is a uh, that is a tough question. I'm gonna have to be brutally honest. I don't think so. I think I think Paolo's gonna crush him. And you know, no, sorry, no disrespect, Camille, but come on. I mean, just look at it. Paolo is an absolute freaking beast, and he has just been picking up momentum the last couple of years. And I gotta say, I think this match totally favors Paolo.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's not many people at under 66 that Paolo's not gonna crush. I mean, it'd be a big win for this guy, He'd be a career maker if he gets it. But yeah, it'd be. I think a huge upset if he pulls that off yeah so
0: grapple fest six coming up on september 7th as we mentioned joan Miao versus frank rosenthal uh paulo Miao versus camille wilk and imanari versus ben eddie and along with a ton of other big super fights i uh, look forward to that live on flow grappling soon so we're gonna play the vlog trailer now so that you can guys can see a little bit of what uh reed was up to down in brazil mike you're gonna jump out and you're gonna go grab reed while this is playing um And then we're gonna switch up and we're gonna talk about some of the uh, some of the cool stuff that's been happening all across the world all right guys let's roll this uh, vlog trailer and take a look Ooh, goosebumps!
3: Reed has lost some weight
0: on his trip there to Brazil.
3: <laughs> Took a little food poisoning.
0: He's, he's actually delayed in customs. He's coming. He's coming here right now. Here, oh, here he comes! Here he comes! Here he comes! Making his straight his off the plane from Brazil. <laughs> from Brazil. Oh my god,
3: dude! I can't believe <laughs> you ran that far. It just flew in. And boy, his arms are tired. <laughs> 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 got the ADCC. The arms aren't tired. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is tired. So you got some acai down there? What? Look at these arms. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of acai.
0: Well, man, I got to say, that, that, that vlog teaser gave us a little taste of what you were up to down in Brazil, and it looked phenomenal. What was the trip like? A little cinematic teaser there, out there.
1: Um Man, Brazil's a wild place. You guys both know. You guys... You guys have been there a couple times. Once or um, twice. Never <laughs> but, been to
3: Belo Horizonte. What, man, what was it was cool,
1: like? Belo Horizonte, right? Belo Horizonte. This is a um, a, a place in Brazil, a city in Brazil, that is, you know, has a long history of jiu-jitsu at this place. You know, so it was really, really cool to to go there. You know, of course, guys like um, Homolo came from there, and and Felipe is doing a great thing down there. Um, there's a big Gracie Baja contingent, Huge, right? Yeah. contingent down there um caverinha i believe is also from uh, no, i don't know if i know uh, no? i didn't know Loup. that yeah, yeah, yeah i believe it's from from Horizonte. Horizonte. huh okay well, that's interesting man it was, it was so cool um you know i was just like in brazil <laughs> and, <Yep>. um, <laughs> 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 yeah, you are. um it's just it man it's, a, it's such a cool place to be for, for jiu-jitsu obviously right i was like trying to yeah, I'm, I'm super good at saying no, no, fala português. <laughs> now nah. <You> got some <laughs> reps really in on that. <laughs> that. Ball, <laughs> Ball. Uh, really good at saying that. But no, anyway, I, we went out to this uh, one restaurant, you know, and I'm um, trying to trying to communicate, trying to find some people that that speak English because it can be uh, tough, and um, finally. Sparked up a conversation with this one guy sitting next to who's kind of like helping us. he was like, "Oh, you guys are Americans." He was like, "What are you here for?" And I was like, "Here for jitsu. And he was like, "Oh, I'm a black belt under Caverinia. I've been training for 15 years." Oh. You know, it's just like this random meeting in this random restaurant. Um, and he knew he knew Caesar uh, Cas- oh, Casamaggio. That's right, the guy in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, who, okay. Who's a, a black belt under yeah. under um, Caverinia? Gotcha. Well. So yeah, I mean, no man, it was a lot of fun. It was it was um, it was a great trip. You know, I've, I've uh, got to go down there, see how Felipe was was training, got to see both sides a little bit of, you know, the, this really big super fight we got coming up in, yeah, in just a little bit.
0: Belo Horizonte is, um, it's, uh, people think of Rio, and they think of, uh, sorry, people think of Brazil, they think of Rio, they think of Sao Paulo, they think of the Amazon jungle, and that's about it, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of other stuff, so... So you went to Belo Horizonte, which is a city kind of like right in the middle of Brazil, and it's 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 a huge city, right? I see. I think we saw oh from the, yeah. you know, the footage you were just a little
1: bit of that drone footage. That's like a quarter of the city. You know, it it,
0: it felt like a sprawling uh, metropolis. But what was the vibe down there like? What did you uh, What did you pick up from uh, from your travel?
1: Man, you know, uh, we were only down there a couple of days. We spent a lot of time in the gym. <laughs> With Felipe, um, that. you know, but Felipe's got a, a real um, you know laxed attitude, and he's a he's a laxed a kind of kind of chill guy, goes with the flow, um, you know. So it was just kind of kind of what his schedule was, you know. We 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 um, did some did some training, did some wrestling. Um, I got to jump in there and train a couple times. Um, nice. You know, Felipe has this just this amazing, gorgeous little bat cave of a of a gym, you know, <laughs> um, I love that. out there. That's the basement. Yeah, that's what
3: I've heard, but it does not look like a basement. Yeah, I've well, it's before. Yeah, it's like a house,
1: <laughs> kind of like built into a hillside. So, like, okay. it, it looks really, really cool. But yeah, and and you can see kind of some of the um, foliage and and just um, you know greenery that is bella Horizont. But it's a beautiful spot, absolutely beautiful spot. Um, a lot of tough guys training there. You know, he's got some really tough brown belts. Big these big guys down there training. Um, he got to. Tra- I saw him train some wrestling as well. So he's working his wrestling. Actually,
0: you know what? While we're talking about this, we uh, we should play a clip. We have like a a clip of um, Felipe training. Uh, just some montage, some stuff from uh, from your vlog. Actually, uh, we can post the link to the vlog in the comments. So you guys can find it. But let's just let's just roll it, uh, kind of as we're talking, because I want to know, like, what is Felipe's training? What is Philippe's training look like right now? You know, he's only a month away from the super fight, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. You know, I, I think he's really focusing on the on the grind. You know that that seemed to be something that, that he was really focusing on, and something that I've picked up, uh, you know, over these uh, last couple months or whatever is like, man, that's something they really love about ADCC is just that the grind of it. You know, just all the athletes, all of them. I feel like that's like one the, one of the most alluring parts about ADCC is that it may not be the most technical competition. It may not be, you know, there's there's. You know, some more intricate rule sets or things like that, you know, but like what wins you at what gets you the win at ADCC is just like being tougher and yeah. being and, and just being there at minute 40. No I joke. Think, And I think <laughs> a lot of those guys know this. And so maybe, the, you know, Felipe doesn't have the most sh- structured, but it, but for sure, man, he, he's out. He's down there working, working hard for for an hour, hour and a half. Just just rolling with with these guys. He's got a good little crew um
0: yeah so it's hard to tell but the colored rash guards they they those are the belt ranks right yeah yeah so he got myself a purple one nice so there's a, there's a mix of guys in that room then
1: he's got a, he's training with a bit of everybody yeah he's got a lot of purple and brown belts for sure got a lot of purple and brown belts which i think is probably perfect um for for what he's doing you know he, um some guys who are who are very technical some big big guys who are very good um that's I a bit got,
3: different than andre though right like andre's rolling with other black belts going to ADCC True. is that a bit of yeah. a mentality Hulk, shift? Hulk,
1: Hinger, those guys. Man, I think man, uh, it was it was cool watching the uh, um, heavyweight Grand Prix and and, wa- and watching um, Hulk out there because it was it was very clear, right, that like man, those guys at Atos are wrestling. Like you know, mm. his cardio didn't didn't hold up, and and he and he lost the match to to Cyborg, which is another amazing story. Um, but it, from watching some of his matches it was like, Man, those guys are wrestling hard out there at Atos. And I think man, Atos has gotta be a pretty unique spot. It's hard to hard to find as high level training like that. Well you it, were kinda, there also.
0: Anywhere. Right. Let's let's not forget that you were you were in San Diego just a couple of weeks ago before you went down to Brazil. So you've seen both sides of the coin in the last couple of weeks, right? I got
1: all the inside information, man. All that Spill it. This is all the that inside scoop, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go out to San Diego. Um, and, you know, it's no secret, man. Both these guys are working hard. You know, I, I definitely think this is the biggest super fight in ADCC history. You know, you got two champions. You know, um, just this the story that's being told. You know, they have a bit of a history. They have this rivalry. they they've fought each other four times, and uh, you know, are two and two. Um, so it's it's kind of for all the marbles type of thing. There's a lot of money, a lot, a lot on the line. It's uh, Andres. I believe it's his 37th birthday on on that day. That's crazy. And um and he's trying to retire, Felipe obviously trying to play spoiler, trying to write his legacy. Um there's so many implications. I'm really really looking forward to that matchup and and uh, just and I, and going to the, both of their their camps and seeing how serious they're both taking it, you mm. know? Like that's it this is this is no joke to both of them. So
0: That's an interesting. That's an interesting point you made there. It's like uh about how with Andre making no secret about the fact that he's winding down his career. Uh, Felipe, of course, just picking up momentum as he's been going over the last couple of years, getting better and better. That this this super fight with Andre, this is actually a huge opportunity for Felipe to really you know, start what could be a golden phase of his career, right? Yeah, I mean, what
1: do
3: you think? Who's better than Felipe Pena I was gonna ask you guys. I mean, it, it's tough when you when you look at Andre's legacy with all the super fight championship wins. But would Felipe, if he wins, which is definitely not a guarantee by any means, become the best nogi athlete ever? He's got two wins over Gordon. If he beats Galvao in the super fight, I don't know. I think he's got a pretty strong I, I mean, claim. I, I think that's what's at stake here. You know, and, I think I think, think Galvao solidifies that that title as well if well, he beats Felipe.
0: I don't think we could say it yet because if you look at Galvao he won double gold that year in 2011 right he won his weight division and the absolute mm. and that put him into the super fight the following year and you know of course you know defending it since then holding the record for super fight defenses Felipe only ever took one gold medal at ADCC two times silver medalist but only took gold in the absolute division didn't manage to do it in either of the weight classes that he entered in 2015 or 17 so there's one less medal on the on the mantelpiece, shall we say True, true, you know, he did
1: lose to Adolfo Vieira in 2015, very, very close match, his first ADCC, and then, uh, like you said, he lost to um, Yuri, a very clo- close match I- at, at his weight class there, um, but, I don't know, the, gl- you know, glory, or, what are they, what's the saying, that rewards the bold, or whatever, you know? Fortune. I- Fortune, Fortune features the ball. Fortune f- f- favors the ball. Now you got bowl. me tripped out. My <laughs> <Not> bad.
3: <laughs> got there in the end.
1: You know, and uh, and Felipe went out there and he won the absolute division, man. And yeah. and uh, you can't take that away from him. He he choked Bucesha and and uh, and and beat Gordon Ryan. Um,
0: and this is after a forty-minute match with Yuri Samoyes, by the way. Yeah. Right after
1: the after that that final. You know, I I think. Um, it, it, If there was any doubt at how good Felipe is, I think it was all all squashed away during that um, absolute run because that was nothing short of of amazing. And and that's why it makes this uh, match with Galvao kind of um, so so great.
3: There's such a a multitude of potential storylines after the super fight as well that Mm -hmm. are just, you know, infinite basically. Like, depending on who wins, you know,
0: if Andre wins does he just write off and what happens to the lineal super fight championship then I think it's that's kind of what he said like I, I think he's saying that you know if he does defend the super fight and he does beat Flippy, he's not planning to come back two years from now right and then where do we go from there I what, think
1: if <laughs> if, <happens> if Andre <laughs> if Andre has his way I don't think this is a, a, a secret either um, if Andre has his way Kynan or Lucas ah. win, win the absolute division and he passes, you know, at the tor- yeah. torch Perfect storybook mm.
3: world for Atos. to either
1: yes. Lucas or, or or Kynan.
0: He wouldn't be the first person to to mm-hmm. vacate that either, because you know there have been other absolute winners in the past that didn't return. Mike Sperry might be one of those. Uh, Roger, Gracie. Roger Gracie, you know, Roger yeah. Gracie won the absolute division, I think, it's two thousand five, and he didn't bother coming back to, to have a crack at that super fight, yeah, even though I'm he was good. eligible. <laughs> uh, if Roger Gracie, I'm good to double golds and my million other gold medals. Yeah, I've finished all eight <laughs> people. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. right. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I gotta say, That's I am, I am, in, yeah. I am really, really intrigued to know more about what's going on at San Diego as well. Because you mentioned a little bit there about you know the fact that the Andre is training with all these guys, but you have to wonder, like, how the hell can you hang day in day out with hardcore training with those young, hungry guys when you are thirty-seven, thirty-eight years of age? That must be no easy task, right?
1: It's a room full of sharks out there in autos for sure it's a it's a tough room um but whatever it is man andre makes it look easy you know (laughs) you know like he's out there um you know still still doing it and and we've been around him these last couple years and and he knows how to put together a training camp and he knows how to how to win specifically this ADCC cc super fight too so you know whether it's just a, a repetition thing that he's going back to he, he's he's done this camp you know many times before um but uh you know i think he'll, he'll be prepared and then um felipe the same you know this is like this is a little bit different felipe you know he's now he's just preparing for for one match for for one guy i think both of them are a little relieved at that, at that. um but it is
3: crazy that they're literally killing himself for one guy,
0: for one, one match. Gu- one guy, one for match. Weeks, for months. Yep. Singular focus, just yeah. that one match, and they've known about it for two years. It's, it's been wild. brewing in the back of their mind for the two years. This is what I'm going to have to do. What a relief Ooh. that must be to get, finally be getting there. I guess, actually, yeah. It's got a heavy weight to carry around, but I don't know. What do we think we can expect from this match? Because we've seen a very different Galvao, I think, in in all of the super fights that he's had the last couple of years. Um, his last one against Cala was really intriguing. He looked untouchable in that one. Um, Felipe, though, is a totally different animal. Like, does, does, does Galvao change his game up? Does he come in with some new strategies, some Absolutely new tricks? Not.
3: I don't think so at all. If it ain't
0: broke, don't fix it? Uh,
3: why not? I think um, you, the format matters, right? So penalties start immediately at 80cc finals. So uh, in the opening rounds, you can pull guard in the first five minutes. However, in a 20-minute final, you cannot pull guard without being penalized. I think Felipe's best shot is by getting the match to the ground as quickly as possible, whether either accepting those penalty points or pulling off a takedown. But I think uh, Andre's great at, at, at wrestling offensively and counter-wrestling, and I don't know if Felipe wants to take the risk of getting a penalty point. So I think Andre will keep it on the feet for as long
0: as possible and do well at it. I think you're underestimating Felipe's wrestling, though. Mm. Like, Felipe has... Is that so? ...good, good wrestling. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that you, you you call him bad or the, <laughs> yeah, the inferior wrestler, mm. but, you know, with youth, with a uh, physical exuberance that comes with youth and the fact that we've seen him go head-to-head for 40 minutes with guys like Yuri Moyes, with Adolfo Vera, some of the best no-gi grapplers in the world who also happen to have very, very strong wrestling games... I kind of feel that like, if anybody can go head to head with Galvao in a stand-up match, it's got to be Felipe, right?
1: Well, they definitely they they um, they have two very different body types too. You know, Felipe is much longer, a little slimmer, and uh, you know, Galvao is just um, you know he's he's Ball short, muscle. Thick. yeah, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> short. He's just built like a house, you know. So they have de- very different body types. Um, but you know, I, I think you have to you have to admit that like the the the, the people would say the, the way to beat Felipe is to keep it on the feet. That's where he had, he had a 40-minute wrestling match with H- Adolfo. He had a 40-minute wrestling match with Yuri. And, and he did those, are the, the two matches, the two blemishes, basically. Um, you know, when he gets it onto the mat versus bushesha when he gets it onto the mat versus... Um, uh, Gordon, you know, th- th- you know, he he Don't wins. Deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He ta- he's a, he takes people's back. That's what Felipe does, and I mean that's kind of what Andre does too. I mean, Gordon but, took
3: Felipe down in that match, and that was the beginning of the end, actually. So, you know, I, I t- careful so I, of that. So I do. <laughs> so I do agree.
1: I think I I think you know
3: with with youth on his side
1: as well. You know, I think like getting it to the mat as, as early as possible um, could be could be a key for for, for Felipe to, to win this one. But a lot lot could happen, man. It's going to be an interesting match. You know, it's going to be a... You know, I have one question for
0: you guys. I'd really like both of your opinions on this one. Genuinely so, because I have no idea myself. Do you think that we could see a submission in this match? (sighs) Tough question, I know. (sighs) I'll have to be honest,
1: Um, but I mean, I think just two two guys who are at the absolute highest level of the game, it's obviously rare to, to see a submission in that type of match. Um, historically, I would say it doesn't usually happens. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be an exciting match, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially that like the the storyline of a of a long match like that, um, you know, presents a lot of a lot of interesting things. And uh, I don't think they're going to let this one go to the judges or anything like that. Right. These guys bol- don't get don't get it twisted. These guys want to beat each other. A very long non-answer you just gave there, Reed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice well, no, I, I, my answer was no. My answer was, I don't think it'll end in a submission.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. I'm, I'm just kind of racking my brain trying to think. And I think Andre beat Braulio in 2013 by, uh, by submission. And mm-hmm. that was his, uh, his first super fight. That was mm-hmm. when he actually challenged the reigning champion, who was Braulio. beating him with a rear naked choke. But uh, the subsequent super fights against Cyborg in 2015 and Kalasans Sands in, in 2017, he, he won by points, definitively by points, like like, like takedown and advancing it position, right? Digit,
3: right? I think it's eight points, maybe 10 points.
1: No, th- I mean, th- yeah, yeah. I believe, or what are we talking? Yeah, 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 I think it was 14, 14 points. I think yeah, because it was the back and stuff, right? Because yeah, and then he kept taking the hooks out and putting them back in, which is kind of an ADCC right? Cent- centri- point. Right. Centri- right. yeah. isn't such that
0: rule. such a weird rule about how you can have the body triangle close on one side mm-hmm. in A C C you open it and you close it on the other side, and you get another even three even points, points. That's six
3: points right there, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, there's some. peak... This is the thing I think that may catch a few guys out. I'm mm-hmm. certainly not Filipe or Galval because those guys are very experienced and they're drilled in on CC but. Um, But you have to think that some guys are are, going to get caught out because of the peculiarities of the ADCC rule set, right? you got to do your homework. I mean, just between when you can actually
3: score points, when you can't, what the penalties actually start, the fact that you can roll roll and continue submission attacks and takedowns, sometimes out of bounds. There's not like a clear definitive line there. Basically, I think what he was saying about uh, the grind and going hard as hell kind of being a theme that's what, how you should approach this event. Like, if you can attack, if you can keep it going, if you can keep moving, do that because that will be rewarded, I want to say. That is
1: actually how I am approaching this event as well. <laughs> I plan to be in cr- good shape, crawling dude. to the plane, limping onto the plane <laughs> Monday morning. This is, this is ADCC, guys. This is, you you know, leave it all out there. I, Exactly. So I am I'm, I'm, I'm fully prepared to leave it 100% out there. Content-wise, are we talking about the after party? (laughs) We're (laughs) definitely talking about the after 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 party. Crawling home from that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, Let's go. This is you know this is we're we're weeks away now. Uh, It's a it's a reality. This is you know the biggest competition of of the year. I'm I'm so excited for it. Can't cannot wait for it. Um, You've had the the energy as well
0: though, right? You felt it first time. have been in the gym, I've been been
1: lucky to to go around to go all of these gyms and, and see everybody preparing and and um, just see see the vibe you know there's obviously everybody train, trains hard year round but there's there's a renewed focus there's a um, there's something in the air when it comes to to ADCC I think everybody knows it. everybody knows like how how big of a deal it is it is to win ADCC and uh, you know especially a lot of those those divisions 66 is kind of is wide open yeah. uh, 88 is is kind of wide open you know a lot of these divisions you know we could see some some of these dark horses
0: um you know really make a name for themselves and 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 blow up let me uh let me ask because you've you've been to so many gyms the last couple of weeks you've been to uh correct me if i'm wrong atos 10th planet you've been to henzo's you've been to marcelo's uh you've been to felipe's hurricane permitting you've got to hopefully go to miami next week um which is the gym that has the has there been any electricity in the air at any of these gyms like what's the what's the energy like and which one has jumped out at you
1: um, you know it's it's been it was interesting going to Henzo's because I went to Henzo's uh, specifically um, kind of around this time before um, ADCC the last time so it's just it was just been very interesting to come full circle mm-hmm. and, and see how they were preparing in 2017 and seeing you know in, in John the way John thinks sets things up and then coming back two years later, what, what are these guys, same group of guys, these same thinkers uh, of Jiu Jitsu? What are they working on now? Two years later? What's the focus now? What, what do they change? What are the little things that they realized that maybe they shouldn't focus on? or what are the, what's the that, that was one of the most interesting things I think was just kind of you know, like I said, going going back there two years after and, and seeing the changes and just seeing what, what these thinkers are thinking about.
0: Interesting. I'm in. I'm intrigued. I'm treat. I am treat i got to say, Marcelo
1: also great uh, there being there as well because there's just so much energy, and I think that a lot of those guys at Marcelo's, um, they really, really want to build on the legacy that Marcelo mm. Garcia has built. I think that's an important thing to a lot of those guys, especially a guy like Mateus Denise who who uh, comes from the same town as as uh, Marcelo Garcia. You know, I, I think Johnny said the same thing to me. Um, and, um, kind of a responsibility oh, to rep the team, up. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, this is the greatest ADCC champion, you know, depending on who you talk to. But c- certainly um, one of the most accomplished champions in the history of ADCC. And he's there every single day giving these guys the tools, the advice, um, you know, mm-hmm. the things that they need to, to win. And I think that they, they they feel a lot of that pressure to – not pressure, but they feel a lot of the um, – yeah, exactly. Mm. There you go. Responsibility to carry that torch and build on his legacy.
0: Marcelo's got three guys, um, three different weight divisions, Right, 77? Oh no, he's got four. Sorry, that's right. He's got uh, he's got Gianni and uh, Ruan Alvarenga in at mm-hmm. sixty six. Uh, he's got John Stava at seventy seven, and he's got um, Matias at eighty eight. Right. So, yeah. God, man, I can't think if it, you know. Obviously, there are a lot of ADCC champions out there, but there's only one five time ADCC champion. And to train with that guy day in day out for an ATCC, you've got to think that uh, that's going to give you a little bit of a confidence boost, right? I'd imagine so. I I would hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> man. but uh, I think if we're that's guys not going <laughs> to
3: work, nothing will. <laughs> We, uh, I believe, we've got a, a view into Marcelo's mind. A deep dive coming out very shortly. Reed, uh, do you want to tease the, the audience here with what might be coming? Yeah, absolutely. This Big is,
1: reveal. <laughs>
3: yeah, absolutely. I, my DMs actually on Instagram are full of people
1: calling me a liar because <laughs> <What? laughs> I, I posted that I did this Marcelo Garcia interview a long time ago and we haven't released it yet, but it's, it's coming. <laughs> it is. It is being released. It's just building up the anticipation. Exactly. See, building so. up the anticipation, making sure you guys <laughs> you know are hip to it.
0: Well, on that note, we actually have a very special first look at this. We have the trailer for this landmark Marcelo Garcia interview. Let's roll the tape and listen to it very carefully and give you an idea of what to expect. (music)
1: City just just wrapped up class no, noon class Marcelo. It' was uh, good. Yeah I, I just have to say right off the top. Thank you so much for, for, for the time. It's uh, such a, a privilege to, oh, to talk you. to you absolutely especially here We're just about two months away from, from ADCC and and you know I, I know for myself and I think uh, a lot of people out there when they think of ADCC, they think of, of Marcelo Garcia. So so, thank you so much for for giving us some time and, and talking to us uh, about ADCC. It's it's a real privilege
3: for uh, me. I, I really have the appreciation to have you guys here too, because like, uh, um, it's good to be remembered. You know what I mean, like I put so much
1: time on that, and then yeah. I don't want people to forget. When I say forget, like not what I did for Jiu, but how much time I put on that. You know what I mean? and I I really love everything I have done in Jiu Jitsu. So. Uh, is, it's something that I really appreciate and I love to talk about. Yeah, know? it's something that like uh, I'm not say about I'm not baggy, but I really enjoy talking about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's just so much to talk about mm-hmm. in your career. Absolutely. It's a little tease, little tease of what to expect. Just the beginning. Um, yeah, so about two hours, two hours long. Um, Marce- Marcelo and I um, got to walk through a little bit of. Uh, of um of midtown there we kind of found a, a bench uh down in down in midtown towards the, the Hudson and um and, and sat down and and just talked and it was um man it was a it was a lot of fun it is you know it, like I said it was a long conversation um so we kind of covered um you know a, a lot of subjects but mainly it focuses on on ADCC you know I was really really excited and um you know you could hear in the clip where I you know I obviously tried to um give him some props because like you know when we think about ADCC we, we do think of, of Marcelo at least at least I, yeah. I do um and I think a lot of other people do so um you know it was just great to t- dive into t- 2003 when he when he w- the day before ADCC he didn't even know he was going to compete you know and then he went out the next day and beat Enzo Gracie who was already a a three-time ADCC champion you know talk about the ultimate underdog or talk about the greatest debut in ADCC history let's not forget about Marcelo Garcia he wasn't supposed to be there until the day before the event I mean going through some of that a lot of this stuff I I didn't even know Um, and so going through a lot of that and and talking to him about some of his glory days competing um, talking about some some of his biggest lessons and his biggest advice on how to win the the big tournament you know it was a it was an incredible privilege to, to, to talk to a legend like that and uh, i think we got some we got some cool stuff on i think you're going to really learn a lot about Mar- marcello a lot about adcc um it's 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 a fun interview
0: i am so excited because i don't think there's ever been an interview as comprehensive as this certainly not as long as this two hours inside the mind of marcelo garcia that's uh that's a real privilege but uh i gotta say it looks like you uh you you got spent quite a lot of time with marcelo we saw you doing some rounds with marcelo as well and mm. before you're heading out there so he's uh he's still staying sharp on the mats huh man he,
1: i mean he, he says it in the in the interview there like he's, he's, he says he still feels feels the fire to be a champion he still feels like you know like he wants to win he feels still kind of you
3: he kn- he know you're ready marcelo yeah. so are
1: we so are we <laughs> He knows what that feeling is like, and it's a great feeling, right, (laughs) to be a five-time ADCC champion. Uh, Yeah, I I (laughs) I don't know.
0: Got a question for you then, because you know, it's one of those things everybody wants to know. You know, Marcelo's last match was in 2011. Mm -hmm. He has not competed since. That is eight years ago. Do you think he'll ever come back? You'll have to watch
1: the interview <laughs> to find oh, out. No. Oh. That <laughs> do I ever think? Do I ever think he'll come back? You know, I think this is something we do talk about in the interview, um, as as well for sure. And uh, you know, Marcelo does have a have a um, a long extended answer, so I definitely recommend you, you getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, it's hard um, to do something like that justice, right? Yeah, it's yeah, such a deep topic. But um, I will, I will say, yes. Ooh. Yes, yeah, I, is, I hope we, I hope, leaning hope we, towards, yes. I'm leaning towards, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously maybe crossing my fingers and then like really hoping, but um, like I said, man, he, he's a guy who, uh, as core, loves jujitsu, and uh, I think the competition is a big part of him and, you know, mm. and part of that, so.
3: When can uh, people see this full interview? When's it going to go on the site?
1: I believe we are going to be live premiering it all day, or at least a good chunk of the day, um, next Wednesday. I believe is is the um, is the day we're going to be premiering it on uh, Flow Grappling. Of course, you can check it out there. Uh, we're kind of be looping it throughout the day, hopefully. So if you don't, if it, if it's a a bad time during the afternoon, hopefully you'll still be able to catch it uh, in the, at night. So
2: yeah.
0: So Flow Grappling members, of course, will be able to watch it on the live stream for during that period, and then we'll uh, we'll put the full thing up in its entirety that people can uh, can go in and watch that. And I can imagine it's going to. It's going to be something you're going to have to watch again and again, because two hours is so much good stuff in that, right but uh, there's a lot to di- digest yeah. for sure that's one of
1: the reasons why it's taken me so long to, to get it out there is, is it's uh yeah two hours it's, it, there's a
0: lot in there. <laughs> wow, we've got to do something like that justice, right? And I know that uh, we can already see from the comments actually that people are really excited about it cool. and but, uh, I, don't, I don't blame them because this really is this is a this is not the kind of content, this is not the kind of interview that you see every day is it this is really this is a special it's a big deal
1: um, yeah and Marcelo will be there he'll be out there at, at adcc um you know what coaching his guys and everything like that so be able to uh you know relive some of his glory out there hopefully
0: can't wait speaking of adcc we were chatting about this a little bit earlier reed but uh i want to get your feelings on this as well because uh we're talking about like um You know most anticipated matchups dream matchups in in any divisions we were talking like just about 66 and 77 and stuff but uh what about you are there any dream matches you're looking forward to what'd you guys talk about man we talked about 66 and we talked about 77 we didn't really get into the other weight classes too much but there's uh are there any absolute matches that you particularly excited for you hoping to see man i think
1: i mean i don't know if you guys said this one but um, i'm gonna i'm gonna preach this one and i'm this is the the most anticipated matchup of a of a generation of a lifetime okay okay (laughs) no i think that i'm i'm hoping we get to see bushesha versus gordon ryan to Mm -hmm. me that's that is that is the (laughs) match at adcc um you know definitely i'm i am you know obviously that will be an absolute division match Mm -hmm. you know and i think um both of these guys are among the best grapplers um at the moment and Bushesha of course, has won just about everything there is to win. Uh, Gordon has won a lot. Nogi Worlds, um, he won ADCC. Of course, Bouchesha has two ADCC titles as well.
0: Um, and it would kind of answer all the critics and the, all the questions as well, right? One way mm. or the other. It would, it, would, it would answer those questions. And, and, and the, there's one title that both
1: the, both of these guys do not have, and that is an ADCC absolute title. And mm. believe, believe me, uh, both of these guys, it sounds like, you know, they're, they they want to win their weight class. Yes, of course. But let's be real. The Absolute Division is is where it's at. The the ADCC Absolute Division is going to be fire this year. You're going to have the Atos guys in there, too. You're going to have Cyborg in there who proved once again that uh, you cannot sleep on Cyborg. No way. <laughs> and he's going to be going in for that Absolute title as well. Um, man, it is just like... Up in the air who, who is going to win that
0: absolute title and i cannot wait to see who meets in the finals there at the end we should see a little um uh, a difference in bushesh's performance this time around as well i think because uh they've actually they've um they're changing the format a touch for the finals uh adcc this year because historically what they've done is they always started with the lightest weight classes and worked their way up and what happens is when they've done with the finals they take a short break and then they roll out the absolute division, right? They have like a super fight usually and then they have the absolute. No super fight this year. Uh, but the break, it's not really enough for those guys, right? I mean, Pushesha was pushed around Orlando Sanchez for, what, 20, 30 minutes and then he only has a short break before he's back in to do the absolute. That's a tough task. So they flipped it this year and they're going to start the weight classes with the heaviest weight classes and work their way down, which hopefully should give him more time to recover because, I mean, frankly, he looked great up to a point and then there was just nothing left, right? 2017, he looked exhausted and, of course, we saw Felipe Pena win by submission. And, I mean, he had that war with
1: Shanji um, in the quarterfinal, too, yeah. which was just like a, another... One of my favorite ADCC matches. He had a yeah. war with, with um, Orlando and then and then he turned right around and had a war with Shanji and then, yeah, had, had that match with Felipe. So, yeah, it, it is a very difficult thing to win, right? It is very difficult and especially... Yeah, double gold. And you don't see a lot of people at ADCC winning double gold, to be honest. I'm not sure how many people have mm. won double gold because I know Drysdale lost in his weight class, right? I know Cala lost in his weight class.
0: I think um, Galvao in 2011 might be the last guy to have done it because yeah. Cyborg in 2013, uh, Cyborg lost. he won absolute lost in his weight class. Yeah, Kalasans in 2015 didn't win his weight class. Yeah, yeah. 2017, Gordon... Silver medals could Felipe. be... Philippi didn't win his
1: weight class, sorry. Yeah. 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 So silver medals could be wow. a good indication for... Um, Absolute gold. I think Braulio did double gold in two thousand nine as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he did.
0: Uh, whew, yeah, lots of. Uh, it's
1: another great thing about ADCC is the rich history of it.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, unless there's uh, anything else, I think we should uh, we should wrap it up because uh, we got to go and crank out some more ADCC stuff for you guys because there's uh, there's uh, there's not that much time left. It's like four weeks away, right? Mm, it's around the corner. Weeks this weekend. Can't, I can't, believe, can't believe it. coming I up quick. Now i coming up quick, but I'm ready for it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, guys. And we will see you again for another episode of Fistful of Collars, possibly next week, maybe week after. We'll figure it out. But stay tuned because we've got, hopefully, we should have some more uh, info about ADCC. You can break down some
2: divisions and stuff when that comes around. See you again next time.